Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 14 of Season 5 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Niall McGowan of Bat Minute. Welcome back, Niall. <laughs> I work here. Uh, let me see some ID. <laughs> Oh, it's just, it's just such a bad cover. It's such oh, a bad for sure. cover. For sure. It really is. Really is. Because so, I was sprung for like some uniforms or something. That's These guys, right. like, geez, something. Like... Who knows? All right. Well, we'll get there in a second. So minute 14 begins with Miller telling an obvious lie and ends with John looking for some sports sportsman like help. Mm. So you're right. Miller his you know you'd think that they would have thought these things through beforehand that they would at least know what what they want to do here you know if like even the guys who again we're going to mention this again I think we mentioned it every day this week the guys who are at the church they dressed up like the DWP people you know it's yeah, not as if yeah. <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's not that, like... that difficult to 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 pretend <laughs> You think maybe that like Colonel Stewart or Garber or someone had visited Dulles Airport previously and they'd seen Vito and they'd seen Dennis Franz and they're like, we don't have to put any effort in. Like these guys, they, they ain't got this. <laughs> we'll be just fine <laughs> without it. Yeah, I don't know. That's it's just weird. <laughs> no, you you, you think a... they would have had a better cover and for Miller than like stumble as he says, oh, uh, uh, we, we work here. <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of got like a vibe too. Like, ah, oh, nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's, he's oh, like, that, yeah, I'll definitely get rid of this guy. <laughs> you see him wiping his brow. I did that. I was able to convince this guy that I really work here. As long as you have no follow-up questions, we work here. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know. And then he goes, "All right, let me see some ID." And they're like, "Uh, yeah, sure, no problem." <laughs> no. Now. It's it, it's a good um, before you know obviously we're not gonna get into it but like I mean this rewatch too it's like this move this movie gets to the action so much faster than the first movie it's a, yes. it must be it, well, I don't know if you would remember but like what it must be like minute like twenty or something by the time or twenty five maybe by the time like a gun is fired in Die Hard like there's a lot of setup no what, of, what you're talking about which gun are you talking about you're talking about the gun where where you know the bad guys kill somebody or where McLean gets involved. Because there's oh, a big difference. The, the, yeah, actually, no. To be fair, yeah, there, there's the 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 low the low key invasion of Nakatomi at the beginning. Yeah, I guess there's there there's guns fired there. But when McLean actually gets into like a a firefight, like that's it's a it's a good while into the movie. There's a lot of stuff to be like established. But again, in this movie, it's just like first three minutes exposition. Yeah, I mean you the know, big guys the big guys show up in week four of yeah. of uh, the 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 original Die Hard. And, so they don't even see them until then. Like, oh, there you go. Like, the people not even on the villains aren't even on screen until the week yeah. after this one. But, Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, and and then in when when he gets in the fight with Tony, probably if I remember correctly, in week seven. Ah, that would be yeah. that would be my if I remember mm. correctly. It's not that to say you know get into the action is you know sooner is inherently a bad thing because then of course Die Hard three is like there's an explosion in the first two minutes of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> like that's true. It's, yeah. it's just like no messing around there. This is even more like, you know what the Die Hard 2 problem was? It took too long. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. 
let's let's get there quicker in the next one and then yeah. in the third one that happens in the trail in the fourth one happens in the trailer you know <laughs> you have to have watched this trailer to understand anything that's going on that's in the movie. Right. It, it happens before the movie <laughs> it's, like it's all reacting to stuff that is in a three-minute trailer that you might not have seen so make sure to go get it's about the internet though we're promoting well, the isn't that isn't that what so the mcu is on YouTube first. isn't that what the mcu is doing nowadays you got to watch these tv shows in order to that's... understand the movies so you know that's the thing now. There's an even me, even I, a diehard fan, I'm going like, Guardians Three might be the last one in cinemas for me. Like, I, I think I'm getting <laughs> to the point of like weariness. So, you know, there's, there's some, there's, there's a time of saturation where it just gets yeah too saturated. That's course. true. That's true. Yeah. So, so he mentioned. So John asks him for ID. When do you think people started using, uh, or countries started using ID? Uh, oh, Some sort years of years identity ago. documents. Okay, that's that was meant like way hundreds of years ago, I'd imagine. Yeah, but like I would estimate three or four hundred years ago for ID. Okay, so the the first uh, I guess monarch to introduce some sort of uh, ID, which is considered, which is like a version of a passport, was something that King Henry V did mm. in fourteen fourteen. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's a bit worried you're going to be like, no, John McClane invented the idea of the ID. <laughs> right, <Die> exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. why they're so like, whoa. <laughs> right. but, but mostly for, for the next 500 years, up until World War I, uh, most people didn't have or need any type of document uh-huh. of, their, of their identity. Mm. Uh, and what year do you think they started having some form of photographic identification? I, can, I, I would imagine it must have something to do with like Ellis Island and stuff like that. That feels like there would have been, so I would say photographic identification, like 1915, thereabouts, maybe? 1876. Oh, wow. Whoa. But, but, but you're right. It had to do with the fact that, that, you know, they started using photographs and therefore, you know, they would have passports and other ID documents, which then they started referring to them as photo IDs. You know, which what we know we know now as photo IDs, right? Yeah. Um, in as of 1915, there there was in England and in Australia, you needed to have a photographic passport mm. because there were there were all these problems with spies and stuff like that. Okay, right. We... They only sta- they only standardized the the sizes of these type of identity cards in 1985. Mm. Uh, you know, because now pretty much every passport is more or less the same. doesn't matter where you're coming from. You know, it's the same type of uh, shape and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, We're kind of in a weird time, though, over – because, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Irish. I have an Irish passport. But since Brexit, people have been, like, bending over backwards in England to try to prove that they're in some way Irish so they can get an Irish passport because Europe hates England now. <laughs> And right. basically, okay. yeah, if you come in with a UK passport, apparently you're going to get much, you're much more likely to get mistreated, basically. Uh, so, oh, wow. yeah, for people I know who are like 1 million percent English are trying to go like, no, no, my great, great uncle's grandfather was, you know, was Irish. So I can apply for this passport and stuff. But the weird thing is, is that I, my experience is like uh, passports and things like that virtually kind of phased out over here because uh, it's all done on apps now. So as long as you yeah. have the little code and stuff. Um, passport as an ID is kind of like it's it's fading. It's still a thing you need, but it's like it's fading in relevance quite a bit. It's really getting down to like driver's licenses being kind of the main one, really. Correct. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I mean, again, you'd think that they would have splurged a little bit and and bought fake IDs, 
here. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. something. You know, I mean, come on. In, in Die Hard 1, <laughs> Tony had a fake ID. And, you know, John knows that it's it's a very good one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Even though he could be he could be a <laughs> bartender, but still, you know. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's a, again, it's just, you know, Hans Gruber just had that edge. Like, he's, you know, he's a guy thought all about style and, you know, appearances and, like, he was tricking the friggin' press. He was doing all. He was the girl Stewart kind of comes across as a bit of a lunkhead in comparison, basically, because he's like, I guess he's got this. He's got a cool idea, like, well, if we're under threat, we can crash this plane and all this kind of business. But like, on a basic level here, he's like, he's kind of hired, kind of just, just idiots to do <laughs> to do his stuff. Well, he didn't hire anyone. They're all men from his unit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. If he was here to see this, I mean, my God, like, this would have been. There'd, <laughs> yeah, be, but he, so, but, there'd be so many. But he didn't give them. In, he didn't give them other instructions. That's the thing. Mm. You know, these are guys who are following orders. So he, you know, again, it it just shows that parts of, part of this is not planned out very well. But we also don't know how long they had to plan this out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know, I don't think I don't think I don't think they said, okay, a month from now we're going to be flying Esperanza. Uh, into water, into Dallas, and let's take care of it. I think it's more like, okay, in two days from now, Esperanza is going to be flown in. Yeah. Let's take care of this. You know, it's like, okay, do we have time to get photo IDs? Nah, we don't need them. The the airport cops are are, are idiots. Mm-hmm. You know, so we don't need that. Do we do we need to get uniforms? Nah, you just look normal and walk around. No one's mm-hmm. going to pay any attention to you. There's nobody in the baggage claim area anyway. You know, you're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think I would have at least gone for like, oh, I'll get some like, you know. Boiler suits or something, just like something that might look like a generic kind of, kind of uniform, just yeah. in case, you know. And then you can wear it underneath I, the coat and then whip off. I agree. In there. I agree. It's, which, uh, which again, this this shows you know, that that he isn't as thoughtful as one would have hoped. Yeah, yeah. That he he could have been doing something like this. Although maybe he, then he, if he was to claw his way back from hell, he'd be just like, how long did Hans Gruber have to plan that? You know, he probably he was doing that for months, probably. Like, I, yeah, as you said. Rob, it could have been like yeah, two days. I had to throw this together in two days, and this is what I got. You know, what, what, what do you want from me? I freaking took over. I hacked the phones. I managed to crash a plane for Christ's sake. Like, I, was, I was able I to get all the equipment. I was able to get the equipment for the for 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 taking over the entire control tower, but I couldn't think to to get phony IDs and and uniforms. Maybe for the, my men. Maybe it is Christmas week. Maybe the the print shop was shut or something. It's like, oh, definitely. Who knows? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a back order now to like January 3rd. Like, oh, come on, man. Like, I need them today. <laughs> and well, again, the, the the police are a joke here. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. figure it out. Because it could be. That's like, less important. Like, I, I'm hoping the police do something because I really want to kill that veto guy. <laughs> like, he told my damn truck the other day. It's true. It's true. So both Miller and Cochran just laugh it off. You know, sure, no problem. Mm. And then, you know, Cochran draws first and starts shooting at John. You know, great response. Mm. You know, it like I I'm trying to figure out why they feel that the best resort here is to start shooting at a policeman, you know, without having silencers. Well, one thing about the science is I guess maybe this room theoretically could be it's that loud in there that gunshots might not go detected throughout the rest of the, the building. But, um, but yeah, again, it's just down to like, you know, we didn't have time for the first time. Yeah. So someone that's going on, like, oh, so what if, what if someone was to come in here? What if, you know, a cop was to come and find you, what would you guys do? 
just that level of consideration, you know. But they're just like, right. uh, and here it's like, him. okay, I'm just gonna shoot him. Yeah, <laughs> and then we're gonna have the, the dead cop to hide, and then that's you know that's gonna be a potential risk to the rest of the mission as well. It's like, it's, uh, no, no, it's, it's it's shoddy workmanship, is what it is, Rob. It's, you know, they, they the rest of the plan, fair enough, but this this the base level kind of stuff is really like. Right. Well, maybe that's why he wants, wants you know, later, later this month, we're going to find out that he wants to shoot Miller for, for, for this. So maybe maybe Miller was the guy who was in charge of dealing with this stuff. And Miller's like, yeah, forget it. I'm going to pocket the, 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 the few hundred bucks that he gave me, you know, to go get the photo, the phony ideas. Kid, we don't need them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Miller, he's like, oh, you know, he's part of the unit. He's like private. He's like a real. He's like the low. He's like he only joined the, like the unit there last week or something. He's <laughs> like, it's like I, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I just it's, occasionally shots at me to do push-ups, but that's about as much as I know about the uh, Colonel Stewart over here. <laughs> but, yeah, could be. I don't know. Uh, should throw out though, though, with uh, again to make any connections to uh, to Batman. Uh, Miller called played by the uh, the great Vondi Curtis Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you were talking about him like. One of the one of the great that guy actors, just like such a recognizable face. Like it's, it's Especially just, if you saw him like on I think almost two hundred episodes of Chicago Hope. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was the yeah. Or Cop Rock, the musical cop show that he was also yeah. in. But uh and he's only gotten better with age too. You see him like nowadays he's got the you know the proper white hair and the beard, he's like he looks even more distinctive than he does in, yeah. in, in this. Uh, he guy, guy he's also he's also ten years older than most of the other cannon fodder here. No, no. Not Stuart. Stuart, I mean, William Sadler is around the same age. Mm, mm. Um, but he's, uh, but yeah, Von Dekar all, you know, appeared in a lot of things. Um, my, my favorite of his stuff is, and actually reminds me, like, I must rewatch that film sometime. Mystery Train? He's in Mystery, the, the great Jim Jarmusch movie. Uh, he gets to hang out with Joe Strummer for a while. Um, and he's just like one of those, like, Mr. James, it's one of those movies that it's just so cool. It's just a cool film. It's one of those things you can only watch it like, <laughs> Two in the morning, when it's really you know, oh, wow. and the go the lights are down low. It's just got this real kind of nighttime movie vibe, and you know, sort of like oh, oh the, the the hips, the hip people know Mystery Train. Uh, but most of most of the people recognize him, of course. We can talk about Marvel. He's you know Ben Urick in Daredevil, uh, yeah. and then uh, sadly under underutilized is one of the big mistakes of that show. Like one of the few mistakes of that show it was just like oh I got rid of Ben Urick. Like why? Why is he such a great actor and a great role? Um, and of course, but he's in two link, links to Batman. He's in One Good Cop uh, with Michael Keaton, uh, which is a movie that really should cover that on the Batman at Patreon. Have you ever seen it? I've never seen it, but the name oh, always okay. makes me chuckle because just like, I, I remember I saw I saw it when it came out and I've seen it since. So, oh, yeah. is, it, is it is it that because the name makes it sound like it's going to be cheesy as all hell? So it's it's cheesy as all hell. Oh, that there you go. That's for exactly sure. what I want. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, hopefully. Uh, It'll be the gold mine I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for. Uh, but my main memory of him uh, is in the potentially the best Joel Schumacher movie. He's in Falling Down. Um, he's the not yes. not economically viable guy. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a weird note. We actually did do on the Batman at Patreon. We did a review of uh, Falling Down, which is one of those movies that nowadays people will be like, is this a good movie? Is, this, is it a right-wing movie? Is it a left-wing movie? And... It surprisingly holds up as just a very interesting, nuanced sort of look at the at the American yeah. dream and stuff. It's um, but yeah, the, and the, the kind of weird bit of like, you think Michael Douglas seems to be committing a, a lot of violence at times against minorities in the movie, 
but at the same time, he also commits violence against white people in the movie. But you know, and, and the and the rich and powerful and the lower classes. But yeah, one of the he had a moment of he's getting arrested. Oh no, he's not getting arrested. Bondi Curtis Hall is getting arrested as a protester outside a bank, saying, you know, they won't give me the money I need to survive because I am not economically viable. They won't give me a loan so I can start this because I am not economically. And it's implied because it's about race. That's why he's not economically viable. And it's weird because him and Michael Douglas share a look of being like, sol- you know, solidarity. Like, oh, I, you you and I, we are not so different kind of thing. Like, I'm, I've been also chewed up by the system and spit out as well. And <laughs> nowadays people might look at that as they're kind of be like, well, Michael Douglas is like a, you know, middle-class white guy. And, you know, the, but th- th- that's what makes the movie so interesting. It's like, well, can you compare yes. these two characters? And there's a lot more going on to it than that and stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. But now anytime I even he- hear the word viable at all, I still think of Bondi Curtis all going, oh, because I'm not economically viable. Um, so, uh, and yeah, great, uh, great scene and a really good movie. And uh, so, yeah, and a uh, great, great, great actor. So happy to see this. This movie is like chock full of friggin' great side actors. Like you forget how many like of the goons and stuff are proper, you know, cool. And most cool of them, actors. most of them have very small parts. I mean, even, even Von D. Curtis Hall here, you know, we, we don't see Miller that often. Yeah. We yeah. see him here. And then we'll see him like one or two times later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd forgotten that like John Leguizamo's in this movie. That's, that's right. Really, well, he, really cool. he he definitely doesn't last very long. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, as weird like a whole, as a shame it didn't get that because I found out one of my friends recently, only recently revealed to me, like because John Wick Four has come out and she was just like, you know, I went to the John Wick premiere party and I met John Leguizamo and Willem Dafoe and all. I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, Sean Young got us chucked out of the party and all this kind of stuff. It's like a weird bitch. She used to work over in LA and stuff. And she, I was just, oh, how, wow. how did you not, how have you never told me this before? This <laughs> is like, oh, it's just one of the stories. You I never have. asked. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, if I ever had the opportunity to talk about any of those actors, you better believe I'm going to bring up that story. <laughs> but um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but again, yeah, that was Luisiamo because he's in, he's in and out, baby. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So just, uh, and then also got some notes on um, uh, John Costello. Uh, for for next minute, but I'll save that for next next minute though, because he's a okay. He's also an yeah, actor. We, we talked a little bit about him yesterday, uh, last week also. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's not yeah. he's not long for this world, unfortunately. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. You gotta get out your wait. The actor or the character? Well, you're talking about the the that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, Cochran draws and starts shooting in, at John. John shoots back. Uh, then Miller starts shooting also, and then John starts screaming, "Oh, geez." <laughs> And then he jumps over baggage and he lands on his back and, you know, you see him like scampering backwards while he's still shooting, which means he's in pretty good shape that he's still able to do all these things. Mm-hmm. Well, this is my thing now is always um, as you get older uh, or maybe it's just me or maybe everybody does this. You get um, you start comparing your age to the, the age of characters you grew up loving and stuff. Yeah, of course. And so it was a big thing. So I'm 35 now, and John McClane, I think, was 34 in the first Die Hard. And I'm so like, oh my god, this like this can't be. So I guess I'm technically the same age as John McClane is right now. So it's like you're damn right. Yeah, okay. He's still young and viable and uh, and, and healthy and fit. <laughs> Rob, he's, he's he's in the problem of his life. This guy. No, for me, what gets me is, I mean, I'm I'm right now 49. So a lot of times I'll see in movies, you know, they'll be talking about some guy who's who's like, oh, and he's almost 50, and you look at him and he's like this really old guy and stuff. Like that. I'm like. I don't feel like that at all. I don't look like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How is this guy only 47? You know, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's a real, because I think I've been doing it my whole life. And I remember like even, I think it's not, it's the one that's really hurtling towards me is like Homer Simpson was like 36, I think. I was like, no, 
There's no way I'm really? almost wow. the same age as Homer Simpson. That can't be. That can't be true. Hey, but Homer Simpson's been able to stay 36 for over 30 years. That's pretty good. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the, that was that, that was a that was a real better pill to swallow than like older yeah. than John. No, my, my the thing I find the thing I find the funniest is that uh, so I was 11 when Back to the Future came out. Oh, and to me, you know, Marty McFly is still older than me. Yeah. Even though, <laughs> even though you know he was 17 at the time, but every time I look at him and I'm like, okay, well he's older than I am. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'll say you like, know, even though I'm I'm now more than 30 years older than than uh, than Marty McFly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like even like things like um, you look at like Christian Bale in Batman Begins. I think he's like 32 there. But in my okay, well, mind, well, like, Christian I'm, Bale I'm, Christian Bale is is two weeks younger than me. Really? Oh wow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but again, I just got a thing looking. It's like I'm I'm not old enough to be Batman though. Like it's a, clearly I am, but like I'm there's so many ways. I think like Clooney was like 36 around the time he did. It. He, he was supposed to be like an old man Batman in that movie. I was like, that's right. So people were like you're too old to be Batman. And I was like, no, I can still become Batman if I wanted to. I just had to train. But it's like no, and you have to have the money. Yeah, I was, I was like, well, I could be Daredevil <laughs> if I wanted to be. If I if I just uh, didn't have the you know the sight, then uh, I, I could train to be Daredevil. Uh, I don't need money for that, um, right? But uh, yeah, but this is no, you're aging out, man. You're 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 getting out of this. But then at the same time, you know, freaking Keanu Reeves, God knows how old, and he's like freaking John Wick, doing great. So I can still, That's I can right. still, we we can both still do it, Rob. We can still do it. That's true. No, for sure. I mean, come on, look at uh, Tom Cruise is is ten years older than me, and he's still hanging onto the side of airplanes. So yeah. theoretically, to be fair though, Tom Cruise, I, 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 he's not like a normal person though. <laughs> like he's. I don't think I'd, I'd ever be able to attain Tom Cruise level of anything. It's like, it's, 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 it's you know, there's something supernatural happening there. It's like, the, the Scientology supernatural aspect. It could be, yeah. So maybe, it could be, you know, I spent decades believing it's like, oh, it's a malignant cult Scientology, but I don't know. They're doing something for Tom Cruise, I'll tell you that. But uh, it's probably, yeah. well, actually, maybe yeah. if you just had billions upon billions of <laughs> dollars, you'd be, you'd be okay. But uh, yeah, that's true. Makes sense. <laughs> and so they, they continue this firefight, you know, and Miller then uh, hides behind uh, the electrical box that they were playing around with. And he looks around trying to find some way to escape here. You know, and then he, he motions towards uh, towards us, basically, because we don't yet see it's Cochran. You know, he points upwards that maybe you should go up. So I guess this this shows that Miller is, is higher ranking than Cochran is because mm. he's giving him an order. Yeah. And then we see Cochran, who acknowledges it. And then he begins to climb up, uh, you know, the, the the metal conveyor belts and stuff like that. And then Miller crouches down and goes off the opposite direction. You know, they'll, they'll, I guess they'll try and flank him and get him from both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, then John turns around uh, and he's hiding behind the, the luggage conveyor belts. And, and uh, Miller then figures out where he is and starts shooting at him. And, you know, he, John is actually a better shot than Miller. Because John gets close on all the shots. Miller is just way out there with everything that he does. You know, and then at a certain point, a bag falls down and hits John. And then we see his gun fall onto the conveyor belt. And then uh, Miller changes the clip in his gun, which, again, you know, he's only shot 13 bullets up until now. Or 14 bullets, you know, obviously. Because that's all a gun will hold. Oh. But obviously, if you count, he's done a lot more than that. But that's that's movie magic when it comes to ammunition. I see. I, I, I'm, I'm, I had no idea how much like a normal. I know in revolvers from movies, there's like you get like six maybe in a, in a, in yeah, a revolver. Yeah, revolver is six, and and most 
Uh, handguns carry anywhere between 12 and 15. Oh, okay. So that's so, so, the thing with, you know, I think revolvers are pretty consistent, but like handguns in movies to me are just like, it's however we need, however many we need to be in, in the clip at any given time. That's how many bullets. Well, right. Exactly. That's, that's the way they do it in movies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Again, so, just saw know. John Wick 4 last night and I was just like, he seems to be shooting an awful lot of bullets out of that gun for not having to reload it. <laughs> that's right. It's it's uh, the magic bullet theory. Yeah. yeah. And, and then John, you know, uh, looks around, and tries to figure out what he's going to do now that he no longer has his his gun. You know, and then he looks and as he's looking, we see the conveyor belt go by his, his eyes and we see a golf bag mm. in front of him that starts passing by him. Yeah. And, and that's actually how it stops. Mm. Is John about to go Casey Jones on these guys' asses, I Maybe. guess? You never know. Yeah, pulls out the hockey we mask. Just gets ready to go. We will have to wait until tomorrow to find out for sure what's really going to happen here. Mm. Yeah. So, you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? No, no. I think I'm all good for this minute. Okay. So, the, the script... Changes around the 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 order of things, but I'm still going to read what is what pertains to what's going on now at the beginning of the of of the fight, even though some things will will blend into tomorrow stuff. So you know, Miller says uh, we work for the airline, and then McLean goes, "Yeah, let me let, let let's see some ID." Instantly, both men dive to the outside, drawing guns. Uh, the transceiver of one of them falls and skids somewhere. Okay, but that that actually I think happens tomorrow. That happens tomorrow, not today, mm. which is a little strange. That that you know they they switch. I think it works better in the movie the way that they do it. But whatever. Um, then it says uh, McLean drops his wallet and jumps aside as shots whiz past past him. His coat takes the bullet hits in midair as he lands on the conveyor belt, which carries him up and over the gunman. They fire up at him. He aims back, and then a suitcase falling from another belt knocks his gun away. The gun clatters on the floor. Seeing it, the two men exchange a glance and split up. McLean drops from the belt, crouches near big gears, desperate. He looks around for a weapon, anything. Then he notices all the luggage going past. Suitcases, camera cases, a bicycle, skis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things are a little bit different in, in the uh, in, in the script. Yeah. Slightly different. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine, like, you know, I don't know if it's uh, a common thing with action movies, but I can imagine, like, yeah, a lot of it's, a lot of things come together on the shoot and in the edit, where it's just like, well, it'd be simpler to just do it this way, or it might be cooler to do it this way. And okay, and but but like, again, if you're if you're thinking about it from this perspective, okay, uh, where you know, difference between skis and golf clubs, you know, that that's a logistic thing that you need to figure out. No, but you, you need to figure out who's gonna bring. You know who's going to bring it to the to 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 the set? Like, have you have you, you know? read ahead in the script though? Is there a sequence of McLean skiing around the conveyor belts and stuff? No, there's there is no skiing around the conveyor no. belts, but but he uses a ski pole in the same manner of what he will use the uh, golf club in hmm. tomorrow. I guess that's kind of like a. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a it's a genuine question. Like, why would they change it from? Because you think actually the ski pole would be more deadly because it's got a, yes. a spike at the end of it, you know. So yes, uh, correct. Or maybe they're like, oh, it'll be more fragile. Like a golf clubs designed to like you know for hard wax. Maybe that's what they're thinking of. But yeah, I mean, or, or it could be, or maybe they just 
couldn't couldn't get couldn't get a pair of skis because everyone's out skiing in the winter, so they they couldn't rent any. Oh, and said, "Oh, well, that um... it's, it's the winter. Let's just get golf clubs." It could be though. Uh, again, that the um, not to etch into next minute too much, but there is some blatant product placement on that golf bag as well. Oh yeah, for so sure. Like, for oh, sure. we got to deal with, uh, with with these guys. So you're going to work in some golf clubs instead. <laughs> That's very very possible. But we will have to wait until tomorrow for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, great. Um, so every Thursday we have a segment called Aviation Thursday, where my guests will give their top five movies that either take place or are somewhat connected to an airplane or an airport mm. or something like that. So what have, what have you got for us, Niall? Uh, well, uh, much like the, uh, the Bruce Willis one, um, there's one I'll, th- I'll throw out there is uh, – I don't know if it, if it counts as an airplane, but I, I wanted to put down The Wedding Singer so badly because the climax of that takes place on a plane. And that's when I think of planes, I think of the wedding singer just because of okay, the big... you can, these, these are very subjective, uh, you know, lists. You can, you can put whatever you want. I see. I wasn't too sure of it. If it met the criteria, so I was like, well, it's only maybe 10 minutes on there, you know, is, is it, but, it, but it is. The criteria is what you think. Yeah. That's the criteria. Oh, well, I have that, that. That's my, that's my honorable mention. Anyway, at least, cause like, that's a, it's, a, it's a good iconic airplane sequence to me at the end, at the end of that. But, uh, top five movies that are actually properly about, you know, properly within airplanes for most of them. Or no, maybe not, not technically. I did put down in five The Aviator uh, because, they, you know, obviously the title might give it away. <laughs> but, of course, there's only one really big sequence uh, about a, a plane in it. But it is like the kind of the well, the big moments of the movie. It's, of course, um, you know, Howard Hughes and fly, flying the, the Spruce Moose. Uh, pe- yes. Listeners to Batman it will know that Howard Hughes and the Spruce Moose are – the bizarre linchpin to a just never ending stream of everything's connected on, uh, on our show. Uh, the amount of weird connections back to the Spruce Moose and Howard Hughes in particular is, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like it's like, we did, a it's at the end of Batman forever, uh, which was filmed in the Spruce Moose dome where they used the house, of the Spruce Moose, uh, is there's a, there's a, um, I remember the week that our guest Kiri Callie and Omar Najam were on. People want to look it up, but there's a good like ten minute sequence of us going through all the connections to Howard Hughes and the Spruce Moose. Uh, and so for that reason alone, because it's so close now to my heart, because it's so, it's so entangled in in Batman and Batman, uh, I feel it needs to put in um, the Aviator, the, the the Howard Hughes story with the the Caprio. Uh, and then for the rest of them are all very simple. To be fair, uh, got to put in there snakes on a plane. You know, I was there. I was part of the internet. You know, mob who was big for snakes on a plane to be made, who was all part of the, <laughs> a bit of what it was mean. But of course, classically, when snakes on a plane came out, no one showed up, but I did. I was there open at night, uh, shocked to see the empty cinemas because I thought we all agreed we we're going to go sit out and see this thing. But uh, <laughs> tragically, tragically not to be. Still waiting for snakes on a plane too. But um, uh, number three, then I would put uh, the Langoliers. Which again, going back to Dean Stockwell, bringing up from Quantum Leap. Uh, yeah, yeah. And this is actually the second time that someone's mentioned the Langoliers this week. Oh, really? No, just in this uh, segment. Oh, sad. I thought so, people, yeah. people didn't like the Langoliers. I thought like this. I, I actually, I love the book. I hated the movie. I uh, see. I saw the movie first, so I, I've got a weird affection for it. Uh, it's one of those things like I can't, I can't like identify the bad parts. People go like, oh yeah, when you know at the end or towards the end when they freaking. CGI meatballs with teeth show up. It's ridiculous. And I was like, well, 
completely ridiculous. Yeah, but to me, that's just the story. So I'm just like, well, that's 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 what it is, right? Uh, and even though I've got I've got the book like in the room with me, you know, the, with the short stories right here, but I still got to kind of like, well, I, I saw it first, so I can, and I saw it when I was a kid, so I can kind of forgive it. I remember it being like. I remember it coming out being like a tell. A lot of this is nostalgia. It's just that period of the '90s where it was like the event Stephen King TV movie, where like they yeah. have a big thing like we made a thing of the Tommyknockers. It's you gotta go. It's a two night event. And you're like, oh, is it any good? No, but it's big. And you gotta see it. Right? <laughs> but it's a two night thing. It's like we remade The Shining. It's a two night event. I was like, is it any good? No, it's terrible. But you gotta watch it. Everyone's uh, <laughs> gonna be talking about it the next day. And so, yeah, the Langoliers were like, that's a two-night event, you gotta watch it. Uh, and I just really remember, like, oh, loving, like, just the, the cheese ball of it all. Like, Dean Stockwell, Dean Stockwell's a good actor. He's not particularly good in the Langoliers, because he's having it up. Like, he's, he's back yeah. Well, they're all having it up there. Yeah, he's got that whole thing. He keeps calling that kid, like, my boy, you know? <laughs> he's, he's acting like he's, like, like not quite he's like he's acting like a knockoff sherlock holmes or something <laughs> he's going yeah. around with his pipe and his little <laughs> ascot and stuff and then bronson pinchot is just like that's still because was one of the i don't think the show he was in ever made it over here is he what perfect strangers you've never you've never made it i've to? heard people just refer, refer to him as balky from and i always the name of the show always goes out of my head but perfect strangers sometimes i want to yeah. go balky from family ties because family ties never made it over here either so really, wow! You know, there's a lot of U.S. like Full Fuller House was a big thing when it landed over here, but Netflix had to go. Here is also Full House, the prequel show that you guys have never seen because Full House never aired over here. <laughs> uh, as we had oh, all the God. Mary Kate Ashley movies, they come up and we're like, "Who are these kids?" They're like, "They're on Full House." Like, what's that? It doesn't air over here, <laughs> so it doesn't matter who they are. Oh, They're just some cute kids, okay? Um, but uh, yeah, so to me, like Bronson Pinchot, in my mind, is like, oh yeah, true romance, you know, getting getting. Yeah, for sure. I I just I actually just mentioned that scene the other day. Yeah, yeah, the, with, the classic with the, with the cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where, <laughs> great, great moment. Uh, and yeah, just his you know the proper scaring the little girl, like him, go, chew. He's chewing the scenery more than those meatballs with teeth in the Langoliers. He's freaking. He's devouring yeah. the set. Uh, but he's great. I love I love how over the top he's going with it. Uh, so yeah, I have a real, real affection for Langoliers. I can't just remember too. Like you know, Stephen King is a he's he's famous for a reason. Like he's he's made it this yeah. far. There there is as, as cheesy and crazy as the Langoliers gets. There is a genuine injury. Like when particularly, I remember being a kid, but like, what the hell is going on? Like what 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 is this? Like what? How are they on the plane? Well, where where did everyone else go? What is happening here and stuff? And just the tension of them being like, we're on we're on a plane. Can we land? We don't know if we can land and all that stuff. So yeah. I'll, I'll always give it to them for, for that. Uh, and then number two is one you'll be hearing over and over again anyway. Uh, Airplane, you know, classic. Much like Die Hard, can't deny it. You know, this is a great, great aeroplane movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And then number one is one uh, that is just very near and dear to my heart. Con Air. Again, another one I'm sure you'll be hearing loads and loads over and over again. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, it's already it's already been it's already been mentioned. Yeah, but it, it, because because my the, my guest the first week is uh, Jay Clute. I don't know if you know of Jay. Jay Jay does the Con Air podcast. Oh, there you go. So, there you go. Uh, I was going to say, look, was it Simon West? Was it Nick Cage? <laughs> but, no, 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 no. No, oh, well. Uh, well, maybe someday, maybe you never know, Rob. Reach for the stars. But uh, oh, but yeah, Con Air is so good. Such a such a great movie. 
It's just literally it's everything <laughs> yeah. about it is just like everything you'd want an action film to be. It's just ridiculous and stupid and overblown, and you know none of it's believable. None of it really makes any sense, but it's just great. <laughs> but it's fun as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still like you know, just uh, relishing every time. Just that sigh, Nora, and just freaking th- th- things like that. <laughs> like just uh, everything about it is yes. just, just amazing. But uh, and yeah, just Malkovich and I think John Malkovich does he speaks despairingly of that movie. I was like, that's the best you're ever gonna be, Malkovich. I'm sorry, man. I've seen I've seen you in Death of a Salesman, and you stunk. But <laughs> you were great in Con Air, though. So. Um, although I should say, because of course my friend uh, Austin Pryor also hosts the Being John Malkovich podcast. Like, oh no, the, the, the second yes. second best movie, second best movie, to, uh, Austin, if you're listening. Uh, yes, Austin's also a friend of the show. Oh yeah, yeah, always very kind. Met met Austin in real life recently there too. He's a fellow fellow Irishman, so uh, we actually managed to get Ooh, to meet, very meeting nice. in the flesh. One of the few times I met a, a fellow uh, movies by ministers. So. Uh, Ooh. But uh, but yeah yeah but nice. another one though I felt a bit bad because it's like you're gonna be hearing these movies over and over again but like you can't deny Con Air and an airplane they are they are still yeah. classics so that is very true yeah. <laughs> all right do you want to once again tell people uh, where they can find Nam McGowan well, I'll just do a quick plug again then because I did mention uh, talking about falling down earlier in the movie uh, early in this minutes uh, we did on the Bat Minute Patreon. If you people want to hear even more of me and that minute, the main feed isn't enough. You get on, on our Patreon. Um, you can hear us talking about things like falling down. Uh, we talk about rare oddities sort of vaguely connected to Batman, but we just sort of go all over the place on there. Uh, we did reviews of uh, Shelley Duvall's fairy tale theater, uh, the Aladdin episode. Mm. It was directed by Tim Burton. And a lot of people sort of just tend to forget that, but no, he worked in TV many years ago. Uh, we do like chapter by chapter analysis of like the long Halloween, you know, Batman uh, classic graphic novel, and that's all sorts of yeah. things. It's a, it's a, it's Whim City on the Patreon. It's just really like, what are we doing this month? Uh, let's look at, uh, you know, you know friggin' nineteen um, sixties uh, Batman album. It was just like, oh. Bunch of random compilations against Burgess Meredith singing. There you go. That's that, that, that's an episode right there. Let's, let's review Burg, <laughs> Burgess Meredith's spinoff singles from the '66 Batman show. Uh, and things like yeah, yeah. We'll just do uh, do that. We did what was the one uh, we did a uh, movie with Joe Piscopo and Danny DeVito. Wise guys. Why, wise yeah, guys. Yeah, we did wise, we, guys. We wise guys. Had a great time with that. Just yeah, just whatever happens over the island of Doctor Moreau with Val Kilmer. We did over there. Uh, yeah, so it's just uh, it's a real like you know you you never know what you're gonna get on the Batman the Patreon quite frankly, but it's always something fun. <laughs> I like to think anyway. We always aim for it to be something a little off. That's the important thing. Yeah, as as you would put it, Rob, it's something a little off the beaten track. I think. There you go. Off the Batten track, I guess maybe. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's true. Uh, and there you also get all, all right. these kind of uh, you know up up the up to date news too. If something happens. Batman related in the in media, like things about the Flash and you know the 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 Matt Reeves movies and stuff. We're like, well, you hear us talking about it as soon as it happens on the on the Gotham Beat or uh, our Patreon show. So, uh, yeah. All right, very cool. All right, thank you, thank you for that. So, uh, and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter, and you can find me on my website, MovieRobMinute dot. Um, so now you, you feel like coming back in tomorrow to uh, talk about another minute that even though we've we've talked a little bit about uh, elements of that minute today. 
Uh, well, I mean, things are getting pretty hairy in here, but uh, I think I can I can think I can fend myself for uh, another minute to, to finish out the week at least. All right, great. I appreciate that. So until tomorrow, yippee kaye, yippee kaye. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little. Village